Hello, and welcome back to another episode of FDU. I'm your host, Rob, and I'm here to take you back to school. Welcome back to FDU, everybody. Uh, It's great to be back, finally recording after a much-needed vacation up in the mountains of North Carolina. Amazingly, got to see some snow up there, and it was uh, absolutely beautiful. Couldn't go any further on the Blue Ridge Parkway, unfortunately. They closed it off because where the snow was on the top of the mountains, the roads were icy. So at least we got to see it, and we got to take some pictures. And our puppy came out, and she'd never seen snow before, obviously, because she's only four months old. And uh, I don't know what it is about the cold up there, but I just it, it just makes you want to go out and do stuff, and you're motivated to actually want to, like, drive around and, and, and run errands and whatnot. So it was a, it was a much needed trip, but uh, I'm glad I could be back here doing my recordings. So today's topic we're going to be getting into here in a little bit. Uh, the last episode we did was the history of the Maltese cross and a little bit of background on where it originally came from and, and the symbol and the symbolism behind it, along with St. Florian's cross as well and the comparison between the two. Uh, like I mentioned in that episode, I'm going to be doing a future episode on the history of St. Florian and how St. Florian became the patron saint of firefighters. I, I thought it was only firefighters, but flood victims as well. And, and that future episode on FDU, when I go into it, I'll explain to why he is also the patron saint of flood victims as well. So today's topic is what legacy do you want to leave behind in the fire service? Do you want to leave a good legacy? Do you want to leave a great legacy? You want to just have people that mention your name because they worked with you and, and, and you're fine with that? Or do you not care? There's there's a number of ways of thought process on this. I, for one, am still obviously trying to maintain a former legacy. And then I'm also trying to build the legacy up to the point of retirement. And uh, I would hope that would be how most firefighters are. The thing I like to talk about is, especially when I get in this kind of topic with people, is when I started. When I started in the fire service, it was the year 2000, so pre-9-11. I started as a fire explorer in South Florida, and I caught that tail end of that generation of the firefighters that I actually rode uh, at the station with in terms of the these guys and gals were firefighters back in the late 70s, 80s, 90s, and, and whatnot. A lot of them were actually, a few of them were actually Vietnam vets too, so they had that really intense work ethic where show up, do your job, enjoy it. You only get one life to live. You wanted to be a firefighter. It's not just the job. It's a calling. It's a lifestyle. If you're here for the two days off and the Kelly day and the benefits and that I can use this as a pickup line at bars, then get out of the job. You shouldn't be on the job then if that's that's the only reason that you're here. This is truly a calling and I for one love the job. I love being a firefighter. Wouldn't have it any other way. And a buddy of mine, him and I talk about this a lot, and, and I've known him for a very long time as well. And he came up in the fire service the same time I did too. So he, he's got uh, January will be actually 20 years for uh, for me, and I think he was in the fire service a year before me, so 21 years for him. But him and I always talk about it where we say we caught that tail end of that generation that were the true – what we consider like the true firefighters, smoke eaters and all that. Like, like where back when these – individuals that we rode with when we were younger, and they're all obviously retired now. They were back in the day when self-contained breathing apparatus were optional. And you could wear them, but if you wore them, eh, you were kind of like a wuss in their eyes. 
But then obviously as things changed and, and more information came out about the fuels that are burning and the cancer rates and, you know, respiratory problems happening because of what's in the fuels compared to the old legacy fires that were there, which legacy is like your, your real like wood furniture, uh, real like cotton wool kind of upholsteries and whatnot compared to all the synthetics that are now in the fuels. So obviously by the time they all retired, SCBAs were not an option anymore. They had to wear them per their department's SOP. So uh, a lot of things, it's a lot of times a culture change when it comes to those things. But how I look at it is the work ethic I have now as a firefighter going on or 20 years coming up is I I owe it to that, that, that class of firefighter that were around back in the old days. And, and I thank that all the time because I'm like, this is the firefighter. They, they built the foundation for what I was going to be as a firefighter on the station, doing the chores. Hey, <clears throat> if the toilets need to get clean, don't complain about it. They got to get clean anyway. So complaining about it's not going to help. I'm not going to clean them any faster. So just get in there and do it. Trash needs to be emptied. It's getting ready to overflow. Don't question it. It needs to be done. Same thing if you were at your house. If your bathrooms need to be cleaned at your house or the trash needed to be emptied in your kitchen, you're not going to just stand there and, and wait for somebody to do it for you. You know, you're going to go and take care of it because the fire station is our second home. A third of our life is spent at the fire station away from our actual real home and our real family. So I always make a joke with my buddy that it's our second dysfunctional family. And, you know, we always get a laugh out of that, but it's truly, it truly is a family feeling. So going to the legacy that, and and I don't know if anybody has thought about this and, and hopefully this podcast and this topic will maybe get you thinking about it is, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Do you want to leave behind that legacy where people are, your department's like, wow, how are we going to fill this void? That, that, that guy or, or that woman was, was a fantastic firefighter and they did so much for this department. They taught so many people. I look up to them. They were a mentor to me. They're gone now. They're retired. How, how are we going to fill that void? Who's going to take their place and be just as good as them or better? So that's the thought process that the firefighter should have is, do you want to step into that role? Do you want to be that person that can take that place of that senior firefighter that is gone now and that had a great reputation, had a great legacy, and fill it for him and keep it going, keep that tradition going? So, I mean, <clears throat> that's one thing I always like to think about is where am I going to be towards the end of retirement? How is my legacy going to be? And I always try to be friendly. I always try to keep an open mind. I always try to maintain being a student of the fire service, which I think is very important to keep that legacy. If you want to leave with a good legacy for your department uh, or your career, I should say, that's one thing to always remember is always be a student of the fire service. Don't say that you know it, know everything about everything because obviously you're human. You bleed red. You don't know everything about everything. I sure as heck don't. The person next to me sure as heck doesn't. So if you have that mentality that I don't need to go to training anymore because I've seen it all, I've done it all, I know it all, then that that is the worst possible attitude and persona to have. So always be a student of the fire service. There's always, this is a dynamic job, but I always chuckle when I hear the the phrase, 200 years of tradition unimpeded by progress. And I laugh and I go, how is that possible? With all the equipment changes, all the culture changes of SCBAs were optional back then. Now you have to wear them to all the, uh, the, the changes in SOPs and tactics and whatnot. How is it unimpeded by progress? Progress is happening all around us. It's the matter of the people in the fire station and in the fire service that are trying to halt it, to try to prevent it from taking action with that progress. I hate to break it to you. Whether you try to stand in the way, you are a speed bump to that progress. It is going to happen. And you might as well just look at it with an open mind and be like, 
okay, well, it's there for a reason. The culture of the tradition slightly needs to change to the progressive side to make sure that this is here for, for us. Like a big thing that I see that is a big culture change in the fire service. And, and hopefully by the time I retire, it's just second nature. And we do it without even thinking. It's just muscle memory at that point is the post-fire decon. That's a huge thing. So just to give you an example of progress, uh, among other things. But anyway, the, the one thing, and a lot of times, and I've been in the fire service for a long time, and I've worked with a number of personalities. That's what the fire station is, is a melting pot of different personalities. And if you're working with a crew for a long time, like I did for a while, I worked with a crew for eight years, they, you just know each other. You know the families, you know when their kids' birthdays are along with your other crew members' kids' birthdays and wife's birthdays and, and whatnot. So you just get to that point. Now I've worked with crews that were just an absolute toxic crew where everybody was individual, everybody isolated themselves from each other. It was, it was tough because I always wanted to kind of like, you know, ha- get a, a station workout together or, you know, a meal and just sitting down like for a family dinner. And that station in particular was very hard to do that because of the clashing of personalities, the people that were there in the fire service for the wrong reason. They were there for just the two days off and the benefits and, and the pension and all that, which, you know, irked me, but Hey, that's, that's what they, that's what they want to do. Um, I'm going to still show up and do my job and try to make a difference in the fire service. But so I've worked with one extreme of a really great crew to the other extreme of absolute toxic crew. But let's think of it as an individual perspective. You, what is your goal by the time you retire? Do you want to have a retirement party where everybody shows up and and they're they're crying that you're leaving? Like, I can't believe this. It's, you know, I mean, all good things must come to an end at some point, but they're, they're still that void. They're like, how are we going to fill this void? Because you're leaving. You were amazing here. You know, or do you want to have that thing where they're planning a retirement party on the other side of town that you're not invited to because they're so happy that you're leaving because you did nothing for the department or you were just a jerk and you were just a horrible firefighter and person to the fire service and they're going to celebrate that you're leaving and they're happy about that. So it's one extreme to the other. Again, I um, going back to how I started with my work ethic and, and the people I rode with, how I like to kind of talk to new firefighters or people that are just getting in the fire service, whether it's a fire explorer, a volunteer, or a probationary firefighter, is establish yourself when you get into that fire station in a good way. Be the person that's first up to grab the phone if it rings. Be the first person to go grab the trash or the first person to get into the bathrooms and clean the bathrooms. Or, you know, is there are there dust bunnies in the the corners of the room? Are there dust, you know, caked onto the uh the intakes of the AC vents in the hallway or in the dorm rooms or something, get a broom and, and sweep it off. You know, that those little things that people often overlook. I mean, obviously when you're a probationary firefighter or a new firefighter um, into the fire service, I should say, obviously bathrooms, trash, kitchen, dishes, that goes without saying, right? Because that's like right in front of you. But look, be that person that catches the little things. The finer details is what it is, you know? So that, like, like I said, that dust caked onto the intake vent. That was one thing I always do is I would look around, I'd walk around the station and the more stations I floated around to, the more I did that, the more it maintained that cleanliness of that station. So by the time I floated back around, there might've been a little more dust caked on there compared to when I cleaned it. So I just take off that little bit of dust that caked onto the intake vent, for example, from the last time I was there. And it kept the station cleaner and and made a difference. And another thing too, as a probationary firefighter, I remember a lot of the senior firefighters were like, wow, that's Never seen anybody do that before. That's awesome. So little things like that. And another thing too is your vehicles. When you do your morning check, your morning check should be spot on. If there's, if your ambulance, if you have a, uh, if you run EMS in your fire department 
and your firefighters and paramedics, and you have a requirement of five non-rebreather masks in the tray and there's only four, well, you go get the other one and make it five. You do your morning check to the fullest. If you're assigned to an engine or a ladder company, you take the saws out, you look at them, you clean them, you look at the filters on the saws, for example, check the nozzles. I mean, the, the sky's the limit. And hopefully you get paired up with a really, really proactive captain, driver, or senior firefighters in your station that tell you, hey, do this, you know, you'll be fine. If consistently do this as your morning check throughout your career, you won't miss anything and your equipment will always be in a state of readiness. So just, just keep that in mind. And, and your air pack, a big thing with that is I've seen, because I drove for a long time, I drove for about eight and a half years, and then I was an upgrade officer for two years. So I would always check my air pack and the driver before me from the other shift would maybe obviously check it or maybe not check it. I don't know. But when I would check it, we would have 5,500 pounds of air in there, but then I would only find it at 5,000 or 4,800. To me, that's unacceptable because if I have to go into a fire, that extra air that I need could make the difference of me getting out or bailing out of a bad situation. So I was always big on changing my bottle out and I wanted a full bottle. So that's another thing. Don't think like, eh, it's only 500 pounds, you know, no big deal. I won't probably need that anyway. You don't know that. You don't know what the day is going to bring or what the night's going to bring for your shift. So again, just take that extra moment to make your equipment in a state of readiness of how you want it. And if people give you grief about it, like, oh man, we have all these piled up air bottles that are like 500 or 300 pounds less and from full and come on, you know, just, you know what, that's their feeling. Your equipment's ready to go. And when you start in the fire service, that's the beginning of the legacy that you're going to leave. That is absolutely the foundation where it goes. Are you going to be, you know, a crappy probationary firefighter that passes probation by the skin on your teeth? Or are you going to be that rock star that gets like rookie of the year and people look up to you and people call you in for when the new recruits get hired to have you go and talk to them because you are just a rock star on probation and the new people that just started can learn from you and you can give them some tips of the trade of what you picked up. That's where it begins. This whole thing. That's why I'm starting with the probationary year. The other thing too is your, your apparatus, your apparatus, in my opinion, should always look parade ready, meaning it should be cleaned every day or waxed at least. And if you have tire shine in your station, shine up the tires, dress them. Because to me, when you go out on that truck, you are the image of that fire department and the fire service in general. So I want to leave a lasting impression on the citizens out there of knowing that not only does my truck look sharp when I pull up to help you, but also my uniform's sharp. I'm, I'm groomed properly for the SOPs that your department will have, because most departments have a grooming SOP, that you look sharp. Because when people call 911, we have to remember. And, and a lot of people that, if you're listening to this, have been on the job for a while, I'm preaching to the choir, I hope. They're having the worst day of their life. Even it could be like minuscule to us because it's like a hangnail pain or something like that. That person's having a horrible day. So when we show up, let's let's play the part. Remember, fire rescue, police, first responders, we are the greatest show on earth. All right. I know that they always say the circus is the greatest show on earth. Well, that's a lie. The greatest show on earth is the fire department. Because when we show up, we have our lights on, we have our siren going, we have sharp looking uniforms, sharp looking truck, our equipment's ready to go, and we're ready there, we're there to help. And that's the thing that we have to remember. That you may think that it's a, a, a minute call, but that call could leave a lasting impression on that citizen forever. That a good outcome with us and a good dealing with the fire department or a bad dealing with us. So just keep that in mind. Again, you're building a legacy for yourself and your department as well. So that just keep that in mind. But again, your truck should always look parade ready in my opinion. Now, 
Moving on to now we're, we're out of probation, full-fledged firefighters now, we have time on. We still have to maintain that work ethic. After I'm done with my truck check, I go right upstairs or wherever, whatever station I'm at, and I get right into the uh, bathrooms and start cleaning them. Wiping them down, cleaning the toilets, and mopping the floors. Checking all the, the trash cans, and I have a lot of time in. So, again, the work ethic that you get instilled at a young age in the fire service carries with you forever, I think. I mean, it does personally for me. My best friend that carries um same kind of work ethic he has that I just described. So that is hope- hopefully the legacy that, you know, will continue to build for me and for him as well and other firefighters is the the hard worker. All right. We know it has to be done and we're going to do it. Same thing, whether it's around the station or on a call, you still build a legacy on calls. You might be amazing around the station cleaning and everybody's like, wow, he's really good with a spray bottle and a towel. But then you get on a call and you don't anticipate something going wrong. You don't anticipate the next move of your crew member or the, the situation at hand, and you're just not up to the work ethic of that particular call. So again, it just takes practice. Hopefully you get paired up with a good crew that likes to train because training is everything. And that is individuals that do train constantly, whether you train with your crew at the station or you go off on your own and take conference leave or you take personal days or shift swaps, which I've done a lot in my career to go to conferences and symposiums around the country because I care and I want to learn. So that that's a thing too, is never stop learning. That, that student of the fire service I mentioned earlier, that's what this is. Other things with the legacy you want to leave. Now, when you're starting to get into, when you're, you're moving up in rank or time on, and maybe you're becoming an officer and whatnot, there's a few things that you want to consider. Now, I was fortunate when I was becoming a driver and when I was working, be, becoming a captain and I was upgrading for two years. And so I had the ability as a driver to drive for some of the best officers in my department and some of the worst. And I, I like that because I got to compare the bad to the good. And with that said, I learned actually a lot from the bad officers more than the good officers because I learned what not to do as an officer. So same thing when I was practicing for uh, studying for the driver's test, I learned what, how to do a proper truck checkout in the morning to just putting your gear on the truck pulling it out, making sure the lights work, and then backing it in, not even checking the pump and going inside. So I got the extremes of good versus bad. And that has kind of molded my personality for when I was a driver and then when I was an officer of how I was going to be. So I took pieces of each thing I was presented with when the drivers I learned from and the officers I learned from and to form my own personality. So that's one thing to consider. Now, if you are going to be one of these, if you're leaving a legacy, what legacy is it going to be? Is it going to be, and and these are some of the negative terms. uh, I just want to kind of get these out of the way right now is, are you going to be the tyrant? Are you going to be the micromanager? Are you going to be the swindler for shift swaps where you want people to work for you, but you never want to pay them back? Are you going to be the passive aggressive person? Are you going to be the backstabber? Are you going to be the gossip queen? So those are some negative connotations. And again, I've worked with Every single one of those, and I know there's more, I just can't think of them right now, of titles for, for individuals I've worked with that have been that have a negative legacy in my mind. And now I, I get it. I worked with somebody that was just a angry, very aggressive person at the station, and I don't know what it was, but at some point they changed. Like they they calmed down, started acting like like an actual human being and friendly where you could be around them and talk with them. Now I wonder though, because that individual had just gotten married and had had a kid. So I wonder if the whole new change in the lifestyle of having a family now changed him. I don't know though, but I'm, I'm speculating obviously, but 
he changed for the better and he is an absolute great person now. So he was going down that road of people are going to have that retirement party on the other side of town. He's not invited to, to, okay, people are going to miss him when he's gone, when he retires. So he's down, he's down the right path now for, for leaving a great legacy, I think. So it is uh, something that can happen though. People can start off, come right out of the gate as that young, arrogant, firefighter that thinks they know it all because they they went through fire academy and that's the extent of their fire training and then they change when they get more time on they get a little bit older as well i guess you can call it a maturity in a way and now they're they're a great firefighter and they have a great legacy going that that's tailing behind them so but some of the positive legacy terms i like to use are especially for for officers and, and senior firefighters is leaders empowerment always there for you so the Terms I just used, the leaders, the empowerment, that is an officer that lets you be a professional firefighter and lets you do your job. And if there's any issues with it, and this is coming from experience when I when I was an officer as well, I would watch them and, and I wouldn't micromanage my crew. I would say, hey, if you have a problem or you want to do some training, let me know what it is. But you know, I would already have training planned for the day. But if somebody wanted to work on something a little bit different than what I was going over, that was perfectly fine. I had no problem doing that. But I treated them like professional firefighters. I treated them like adults. I would tell them my expectations right in front. And that's the one thing you have to remember is if you have expectations, which you should, lay it out right in front of them. Don't let it be like they're trying. Don't make it like they have to read your mind because I've worked with officers that were very tight-lipped about what they wanted done. And then if you didn't do it to their their way, then they got upset with you. So that's no way to be. Just be up, be upfront with your crew. Be transparent with them. And I think you'll get a lot more buy-in with that. So just keep that in mind when it comes to working with your crew. Be a leader. Empower them. Encourage them to go off and do training on their own with conferences and symposiums. Heck, if you're all able to go at the same time, if you all have the same shift off, go do it together as a crew. Especially if there's any local classes that can, you know, on like hose management or hazmat or EMS or something like that that's low, being locally offered in your area, go as a crew on your day off together. One, it builds camaraderie, builds team bonding, and the buy-in is great with that. Now, those of you that are not officers, don't rely on the officer to be the one that comes to you and says, hey, there's a class down the road tomorrow. Let's go do it off-duty when we get off shift. No, but if you're a very active firefighter in the sense of always wanting to learn things, bring it to your crew, bring it to your officer. You might have to be the one as a firefighter to bring it to your crew and the lieutenant or the captain or the chief to say, can we do this as a crew? Can we go? So don't think just because you're a firefighter that people won't want to follow you. All right. That's absolutely the worst thought process possible is, oh, you're just a firefighter. Nobody's going to listen to you anyway. Absolutely not. I've listened to firefighters that had many years on, but they didn't want to go above firefighter. They were just comfortable with that rank. And they were some of the smartest people I, I knew. And I would always say to them, why didn't you become an officer? That knowledge you have as an officer, or if you were an officer, would be amazing. But they were like, nah, it's just not for me. Never never was a leader, but you know, I, I don't mind teaching the new guys and, and some of the senior guys too. That's fine. That's absolutely. There are so many personalities in the fire service that that's what makes it such a great job and like your second family. So that that's one thing I uh, always wonder is, the legacy you're going to leave. Is it going to be that good legacy? Is it going to be that bad legacy? Or is it going to be that, eh, I was just here, did, did my career and I left. Nothing bad, nothing good. I was just here. It was the middle of the road. And that's fine. That is absolutely fine. And and I know a lot of great firefighters that were just middle of the road. Just want to be here. Love the job. This is all I, I have to offer. And they are some of my best friends to this day. You meet a lot of people 
in the fire service, obviously you meet a lot of different personalities. And then when you start heading out and if you become an instructor and you start training and traveling and teaching, then you get the network and then you get to see not only the firefighters that you work in your area that are so passionate about the job and want to have that great legacy, but you also get to see in other parts of the country that that same buy-in, that same energy of a great legacy that these other firefighters in other regions of the country or your state even want to leave behind too. And it's just great getting to talk and, and network with them as well. Because then you see like, huh, not only in my area are we close-knit and, and we're, we're a good fire service, but all over the place, the fire service is so close-knit. So you could have a firefighter in a time of need two states away from you, and we still show up for each other. And that's that, that's that positive fire service legacy that is amazing. Now, the other thing too is a lot of firefighters might be a multi-generational firefighter. Dads, granddads, moms, grandmas, whoever worked at that fire department before them, and now they're there to kind of carry on that that name and that legacy. The thing is, though, look back at, hear the stories of your your parents or your grandparents, what they did at that department. You might hear it like, oh, yeah, your granddad, he was, he was good, but yeah, he was not that good. Well, okay, that might be a stigma in your mind about generations before you in that fire department. Make a change, though. Make that that change. You are now the one in the forefront. You are the one that can make or break it or keep that name and that legacy status quo. But do great things. But don't the, the thing I caution you on, and, and again, it's not like a broken record here, is don't soil a great legacy name if you're a multi-generation firefighter. Don't don't do anything bad to take down what your family has done for that department or the fire service in the past. You know, it doesn't always have to be you have to work for the same fire department, just being a firefighter. Um, just don't take it down by doing anything dumb or just being lazy or you're just there for the two days off in the paycheck. That That's not how it should be because you have to think back in the old days, firefighters didn't make anything. They barely, they, they didn't, their salaries were, were, were horrible depending on where you worked. Now our salaries are getting better and they put a little bit more responsibility on us as the fire department. Everything's kind of dumped on us from service calls to the public, to hazmat, to everything in between. So we've taken on a lot more hats to wear as firefighters compared to back in the old days where they just did fire. They didn't even do EMS. They might might have showed up and did first responder, so put oxygen on you and maybe CPR if you were in cardiac arrest, but that was the extent of it, fires and car acts. So over the years, and as that progress has come into play, it's really changed how we do business now as a fire department. That's why it's such a dynamic job now. So that's why it's always important to be that student of the fire service. But again, you have to think, back in the old days, firefighters didn't make anything. So they did it anyway, though, because it was a lifestyle. It was a calling. It wasn't there to get rich, but they did it because they wanted to and they loved the job. So just think of that if you're a multi-generational firefighter, all right, before you do anything dumb and, and, and soil the name of your family or whatever in the fire service, okay? So that's that's just a uh, forewarning because I've seen a lot of, over the years, firefighters that their grandparents and their, their parents had a great name in the fire service and then they showed up and just completely ruined it all. Because the problem is, our line of work, unfortunately, we focus on the negative. I mean, you could do everything so great, and you could do, you could have made multiple saves. You could be on all these committees and making changes and getting new equipment in your department, rewriting SOPs, you name it. And then you do one dumb thing, and that erases, it, it seems like it erases everything you did 
for the department or the fire service that was positive, unfortunately. And, and, and I think it's not just the fire department, that's just human nature is that we focus on the negatives because it makes it more dramatic, makes it more drama. We can create more rumors off of it. So any you do something good, the facts are the facts for that good deed you did or that positive thing that you you had happen. The facts are the facts. That That's, that's boring to people. So they have to make drama with the negative stuff, you know, and all the speculation and all that. So that's just my, my opinion on that. I mean, whoever, if you're listening to this, you can think, whatever you want, but uh, that's just my opinion of what I've seen just being in the fire service for as long as I have been. But that's um, that's just the main thing of uh, this topic uh, for this episode was what legacy do you want to leave? I want to leave a great legacy, and I'm hoping that those of you that are listening to this want to leave a great legacy as well. Keep working at it. Don't ever, don't ever stop training. Don't ever stop learning. Always work great with your crews. And again, you're going to always have those bad apples in there every now and then, but you know what? They're not going to be around forever. So they're going to possibly either leave early with retirement, retire right when they can, and you slink off into the shadows and you never hear from them again, or they transfer stations or shifts and you don't have to deal with them. So a lot of times that those bad apples, because the unfortunate thing is when you get somebody negative in on, on a crew, it, it's highly contagious. It, it's, it's, a, it, it's like a cancer that needs to be cut out of that crew if you want that crew to go forward in a positive light. So a lot of times you just have to grin and bear it. And, and go from there. Now, fortunately, there are crews that are all the complainers and all the negative Nancys, and they're all together in the station. So if you're the new probationary firefighter or the new firefighter on that crew, and you might have many, many years on the job, but you never worked with them before and you just got transferred to them for the day or for the year, you know what? It's going to be a roller coaster, but there is light at the end of the tunnel on that, okay? Those type of crews cannot last forever. The negative complaining type crews that bring nothing to the fire service other than rumor mill and negativity. So I'm telling you, there is light at the end of the tunnel. You will get through that if you are assigned to that type of crew. But the best thing you can do is just have high energy. Go in there showing high energy. Do your thing. Keep learning. Studying on the computer. Studying in books. Taking classes on your days off. If they don't want to train, all right, no problem. I'll go train on my own then. There's a lot of ways to get around it. Just don't let that negativity from a crew that's completely miserable get to you. Because the worst thing that can happen is... Well, two things are going to happen. Either you fall right into that mix of being miserable and negative, and then you're there. That's it. It's a hard hole to dig yourself out of. Or you come in with high energy, you keep a positive attitude, and you don't let that, you know, you don't you don't contract that negativity. So just food for thought. But again, the fire service is a great job. I mean, I couldn't have it any other way. There are great days. There are good days. There are bad days. And there are, there are horrible days. Do the best you can. Maintain being a student in the fire service. Build that legacy and leave a good legacy with your your department and the fire service as a whole because we're always looking for positive legacies, their motivation for, for young people, for people halfway through their career and people at the end of their career. Positive legacies are highly motivating. Thank you for listening. That's going to do it for this topic today. Hopefully uh, you got something out of it. Download a Podbean app or that's our, our main uploading site for these episodes, but we also are attached to Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, they all host us too, so you can find us on there. We're going to be uh, trying to get the Hazmatician Chronicles out. Um, we'll be working on trying to get one of those installments out very soon, so stay tuned for that. If you have any questions or you want to add to our uh, podcast, then definitely follow us on our Facebook page. It's Fire Department University, and go ahead and send me a message. If, if you think we're doing a great job, you know, we love to hear it. We love the feedback, whether it's good, bad, or in the middle of the road. But we love hearing from our uh, listeners, and hopefully 
this episode in particular or any of our episodes you like, definitely forward it to some of your friends and definitely like us on Facebook because I post the links from Podbean on there as well. So if you don't have Podbean, but you have our Facebook page, you can get to us that way. Thank you for listening. We hope you'll tune into the next one. Stay safe out there and never stop learning. Take care. Bye.